Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. You are listening to Love Sport Radio. Me, Matt Beadle, with you through to 11pm this evening. Right now on our Friday night fan show special, it's time, as you might be able to tell from the music that you are hearing, for the Leeds United fan show. Yes, indeed it is. Me, Matt Beadle, as I said, with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. That is what we's talking about, yeah? Yo, yo, yo. (laughs) Down with the kids, me and you, mate. I tell you what. By the way, before we get on to anything, there is a championship fixture happening right now at Craven Cottage. Fulham are currently 1-0 down at home to QPR. West Ham's finest, Jordan Hugill, has put the hoops in front. He's actually very nearly made it 2-0 as well. So as things stand, QPR winning at Craven Cottage this evening, 1-0. Almost got a second right there. As well, but this is the Leeds United Fan Show and there wasn't a game last week, so we're not going to reflect on something that didn't happen. Instead, we're going to look ahead at things about to happen. Of course, Luton Town and Reading coming up this week. But first, as always, the opening stats. Yeah, the opening stat. So we usually do Leeds United stat. Uh, This is an indirect Leeds United stat. So uh, last season, you'll remember Izzy Brown. He was on loan from Chelsea at, at Leeds. He played 23 minutes for Leeds United and concluded his Leeds career with that free kick in the playoff semi-final uh, against Derby County, which sailed over the bar towards the end of the game in one of the few chances he had in his whole time at Leeds. This season, he is playing for Luton Town, our, our Indeed he is tomorrow, and he's got the second highest assists per 90 in the league with 0.47 for Luton. Wow. The second highest assists. Mm-hmm. He's per top, 90. He's top of one particular chart though, isn't he? Yes. 
<laughs> Sorry, mate. I'm just trying to catch you. You always up. throw me in I these know. things. No, there is one. Um, I did read this that earlier, and I didn't tell you this before, which I probably should have done. I actually thought it might have been the opening stat. But yes, you are correct in the assist chat. Assists stat in terms of chances created per 90. Yeah, he's top 4.0 okay. with Nicholas Eliasson of Bristol City as well. But that's not a very good stat. Your one's better. <laughs> um, and Marcelo Bielsa has actually come out this week, hasn't he, and spoken about Izzy Brown and why it didn't quite work. I mean, ultimately due to injuries, right? He was hampered with injury issues. Yeah, we took him on and he already had an injury. Um, and the, I think the agreement was that there was some kind of agreement whereby he wasn't going to get paid his full wage by Leeds until he was uh, fit again. And it just took a long time, uh, dragged on. We saw him play a few times for the under twenty threes, but at the end of the day, he he just never he was never fit enough to 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 uh, appear for us in any sort of adequate sense. So, whether or not the the recent run of form that he's having at Luton Town is in some way due to that time he spent at Leeds, I don't know. But uh, it's good to see him doing well. Yeah, he's doing well. He's he's one you can never be quite too sure about, right? He's one of those Chelsea loanees that comes out and. You don't quite know whether he's going to perform. Like you said, I think everybody thought he was going to perform at Leeds. He is doing it for Luton Town. I'm still, the jury's still out for me. I still think I'm not 100% sure whether he's definitely, definitely going to produce the goods consistently. I think that championship is maybe his level. I think stepping up to the Premier League would be difficult. Yeah, it'd be interesting because he obviously had a really good time with Huddersfield Town in their promotion mm. uh, season as well. Uh, and he looked very dangerous in that season. Um, so I do think that he's definitely got the potential whether or not his level is the championship uh, I wouldn't like to say but I've, so much of this is to do with is to do with systems and, and working in in teams one of the things I actually did this week on our on our Twitter feed was uh, I did a tactics thread looking at the way that, that Luton Town play actually Luton Town play style of football actually really is really quite compatible with the way that Leeds play as well they play um they play a four four two with a midfield diamond, which is quite flexible and allows them to shift into a back three if they want to. Um, and I wonder whether or not uh, Izzy Brown has fitted in quite well there, simply because that sort of flexibility is needed within a Bielsa system as well. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it is five games unbeaten, and it was five games unbeaten prior to the international break. It, ha- I mean, it seems like it's taken an eternity. <laughs> for football to come back around again. Of course, football has been played. Yes, we know it was the international break, but it seems like it's taken ages for club football to return. It is back. And, and Bielsa spoke about this in, his, in his, press conf- uh, his press conferences as well and said that he wasn't entirely sure whether it was a good thing or a bad thing. What's your take? On the international on, break. On the break, so. yeah. And the fact that maybe the team might have lost a bit of momentum. Yeah, I do think we were going really nicely. We talked about it on the show last time. Was it last week? I think we talked a little bit about how we'd, we'd sort of had easy wins we'd sort of well not easy wins but we'd eased through games and got wins and it was just quite nice and comfortable and it felt as though a lot of the sort of narrative arc issues that we all seem to be talking about um weren't really there you know Eddie and Ketty had been injured so Patrick Bamford was sort of allowed to just be Patrick Bamford and, and play and it worked out quite nicely so in that respect it was it was quite we were on quite a nice it was it was not so much momentum I, I think as, as sort of there had been no- nothing happening that was negative, and it was quite nice having that um, that go on. But um, yeah, we've had some good things happen over the international break. I'm sure we're going to talk about Pablo Hernandez's contract. So in, all in all, I think good things have tended to happen in this international break, and it, there could have been worse things that happened. So I, I think as long as they can come out against Luton and get what I think most people would consider a routine win, 
then we're, we're back at where we were and the momentum thing isn't really an issue. Yeah, it's those routine wins, isn't it? You kind of want one of those. I think that would be the ideal performance this weekend. You mentioned Pablo Hernandez there as well. 2022, he's extended his contract to. It's an interesting one, this, because as I said to you before we came on air, he'll be 37 by the time that contract is up. Yeah, ancient, hey, 37. In footballing terms, <laughs> it is. Listen, I'd like to think that you and I could still get up and down a football pitch, but at the highest level, I yeah, mean, yeah, at the position that he plays as well. Yeah, I think I think the there's no there's no real danger. I think with this contract, the the we Leeds fans know how important uh, Pablo Hernandez is, has been for them, and and also how important he his loss has been for us recently. So I don't think there's anyone who really is question. Well, I'm sure there are people who are questioning the the length of the contract, but he's he's a great player to have around. He's a great experience to have around, and he remains. At whatever he must be now, what twenty thirty? What his age four? now? Yeah, 34? he's thirty-four now. Yeah, um, he remains at thirty-four. One of our most creative outlets, and um, I, I think it, it's good to have him around. I, I, I would happily have him seeing his contract out, even if we then have to, as time goes on, manage him quite carefully. Uh, but we've we've seen in the in the last few weeks that the the effect that not having Hernandez uh, playing has on the team and. Um, when your team has I think we do lack creativity in, in, in the sort of classic sense of the term I know that Bielsa uses his system to, to be generative of of, of, of chances um, but it's nice to have someone who is classically creative who will who can turn who can take a pass that will just turn the game on its head and, and put put someone through and then and they'll be in front so I, I can't really see any cons really here um, yeah sure he's getting old but um, at the moment, he's still he's still producing in a way that um, even at 34, and obviously not being as young as he used to be, is still is still useful in the championship. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's timing of it is is interesting as well, and that is going to be something that the club, I suppose, have to look at next summer as well. A few players out of contract, right? So Meslier, I think, is is out of contract. Obviously, you've got options on him. Meslier's on loan, so yeah, he's, yeah, he's going got, back. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you've got an option to buy yeah, potentially yeah, with Meslier, haven't you? Um, Costa, we know that's going to be made permanent next summer. Jack Harrison, loan with an option to buy. So there's plenty going on, of course, in terms of players who are going to be out of contract in the summer. Yeah, and we're going to lose Ben White as well. Exactly. Importantly, yeah. yeah. Jack Clark, of course, we mentioned last week as well. Yeah. Always comes up. Yeah. Huffer, Coyle, Berardi. Yeah, I mean we're getting. With That's Berardi, what I mean, I mean. Yeah, we're getting towards that that sort of level. It will be interesting to see what they do in the summer because we've had loads of questions in the last few weeks uh, on the show about the tr- uh, January transfer window, which I just think is such, such non it's such a non issue because I don't think there's there's not going to be the money to spend, and also Bielsa I don't think will want to spend it because the, the system for him is 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 something that is important, and and you can't just buy someone in in January and expect them to make a huge amount of difference between then and the end of the season. So I do think that the thinking about January uh, uh, the summer sorry the, the summer windows is actually going to be quite a, quite an interesting thing to do because I mean a lot of it is riding on whether or not we go up or not but there are huge changes that need to be made. There are going to be huge holes in in the team in various places. So I think again tying that back to Pablo it's just it's it's nice to know there's a player there who works, likes the city, likes the team, works well with Bielsa. It's just nice to have that tied up now rather than have to worry about it in the summer. Yeah, which you didn't have to do. Yeah. It's good. Get it done early doors. Just to finish on this opening section, talk to me about Adam Forshaw and this mystery illness. Now, 
we spoke a couple of weeks ago about this. Was, there, was that Luke Hayling or was that Adam Forshaw that we were speaking about last time? <laughs> yeah, Luke Hayling was the one who had that mystery the, illness. The girl, yeah, his girlfriend was like, walking it. in. Right. Adam Forshaw has a, a mystery injury. Like, no one really knows what's going on with it. So it was origi- he came on in uh, midway through the Charlton game. So you remember we lost to Charlton. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was it was a bit of a it was a bit of a disaster game um, in in the first half. They brought on he brought on for sure in order to sort of solid things up and try and get us back to the sort of solidity and control we'd had in the games before then. Um, and then after that, for sure, sort of disappeared. He 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 clearly been brought back too soon from his previous injury. Um, and there's been various things that have happened since then. So he came on he went on the Talking Shot podcast that we had Gary Devonport on from you know, the other week. And as as far as they were aware, you know, he was he was hoping to be back around the the time of the Blackburn Rovers game, which was now which was begin b- before the international break. Mm. Um and it came out in this press conference again that the, there's okay, there's still no time really on on Forshaw's return. So no one really knows what's happened with him uh, and obviously as soon as something like that happens where the, the assumption is oh it'll be a couple of weeks and then it drags on becomes a month becomes six weeks um that, when that kind of thing happens the fan base are always going to get a little bit conspiratorial but i have no idea what it is um adam Forshaw has been a player who has had injury problems while we've had him mm. um and but he's i mean i, I don't need to say my opinion on adam Forshaw is, is well known around here but um it's it's just a shame to we, we we are quite thin on the ground in the central midfield areas. We don't really have um, a replacement for Calvin Phillips. You're looking at um, you're looking at players like Alfie McCalmont, who is a great player but is is very young. Um, and and then once you talk about Forshaw, you got Forshaw Click, and then Tyler Roberts maybe played in the middle or Pablo Hernandez. But that's tweaking the system around a lot as well. So um, a little bit of a worry. It'd be nice to have him uh, available because it would be quite nice to have him as a, as an option, um, let alone as an important player. Yeah, and I think there's always a concern. As soon as a club isn't letting you know the details, fine, don't let us know the time that that player will be out. And from working within football clubs, that's always been a big thing from the physio or the club doctor. Don't say on the website, don't put it out in press that he's going to be back in two weeks or expecting six weeks. Just leave it open. But they'll let you know the extent of the injury or at least what the injury is. The fact that this isn't being said, I think, for no reason whatsoever, there's no reason for them not to let us know what the problem is with Forshaw mm. that I do believe is a slight concern anyway I'm sure we'll talk about that plenty more there is a score update at Loft uh, Craven Cottage as well Fulham have equalised against QPR it was and a Bubakar Kamara crikey can you believe he scored a goal yes again hmm okay Leeds United fan show on Love Sport plenty more coming up Love Sport Radio the station giving fans a voice it's the Leeds United fan show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, here with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? And our producer, Paddy, as well, who's waving at me from the window, as he always does. The happiest man in the world <laughs> is Paddy. Just a quick update from the game at Craven Cottage this evening in the Championship. Fulham 1, QPR 1, Jordan Hugill putting the visitors ahead. But Abubakar Kamara equalising for the Cottagers. Right, we are moving on now to Graham Smith, Chief Football Writer at the Yorkshire Evening Post. Graham, great to have you on the line. And I think the first question I'm going to ask you is the one that we finished the last segment with, and that is Adam Forshaw. Do you know more than we do with, the, with regards to the extent of the injury, this mystery injury that he seems to have? No, I, I think details have been kept fairly vague, but I, I don't get the sense that there's anything sinister in that or any kind of play um, at work here. I think that 
as Bielsa said, it's a, a niggling injury that um, is difficult to heal. I think he's probably had a couple of little setbacks, you know, where he thought, right, here we go, ready to get back into full training, and then and then has, has felt it again, and it just hasn't quite gone away. Um, I think what Leeds will be hoping is that if they if they treat it carefully and and treat him sensibly, then they'll be able to avoid you know the worst possible case scenario, which would be surgery and losing him for any great length of time. But of course, he's been out for a a good while now. Um, and he, it's funny to say that a player has been missed when, when Leeds are in the kind of form they are, but, but I think he has. I think he's a big miss for the squad. Hi, Graham. It's John. Um, we were also talking about Pablo Hernandez his new contract, um, and there's been a few people on our account, uh, Twitter account this week just saying that they think that, you know, that he is, I mean, 37 years old by the end of the contract. What do you, what do you feel about that? Is this, is this an important uh, contract extension for Leeds? Yeah, I think so because um, because with with Pablo Hernandez, you know exactly how good he is and, and what he can do, and he's a player that that can and will produce moments of magic. And yes, you can look at his age, but I've seen no signs of him slowing down this season. Um, yes, he's had a a little bit of uh, an injury, and he got a kick as well, which is that's not really down to age; that's just an, an impact injury, I think. But but when he's when he's committing to the press and, and when he's getting on the ball in the last couple of games, he still looks fresh to me. Um, they're going to have to manage him right, of course, and, and you can you cannot go on forever, not with the intensity that that Bielsa um, plays at Leeds. But um, I also think sometimes we we look too deeply into the length of contracts. Um, players can be moved uh, if you know it becomes necessary. But I think he's got the quality that. You know he could contribute next season if they're in the championship, obviously, um, and if they went into the, the Premier League as is their hope, I think he could probably contribute there as well. Mm. And in terms of any other business, then in terms of Kiko Casilla, um, has there been any more news about him this week? Is there any expectation about how uh, things are going to progress with him? No, I don't think. Um, I don't think really it would be uh, appropriate or helpful to speculate on on how it will go. There hasn't really been an update. We know that he has until the 27th to respond. There wasn't really adequate time for Leeds and Kiko Kassia to process the evidence and put together their case, um, and they were granted extra time. What we know is that he strenuously denies it, which means they're going to fight it, um, which probably means, because of the FA's standard of proof for such a case, that it's going to be a messy one, um, regardless of the way it you know, ends. There will be somebody unhappy. Um, and it will probably rumble on for quite some time yet. But I think the longer it goes without a resolution um, is possibly in Leeds United's favour because it's closer it brings them to January mm. and the um, possibility of bringing in an emergency loan. I, I would be surprised uh, if they went with um, Leslier or, or Miyazak. I think it would probably be someone with a bit more experience brought in. Um, but I have been surprised before by Bielsa. There's been rumours, hasn't there, of David Stockdale potentially being one of those transfer targets in January. And Graham, just aside from the Kiko Casilla stuff, like you said, that's setting up to be quite a messy situation. Aside from that, if we look at recent results and, of course, the routine win against QPR, the win against Blackburn, before that, of course, the goalless draw with Sheffield Wednesday, we've had the international break. But now everything that I tend to read about Leeds in the press, written by your fine self and others that report on Leeds, is that at the moment it all seems quite matter-of-fact 
Is that is that fair to say? We're just sort of kicking on. We're trusting the process and looking forward to the next game. Well, yeah, that they are. You don't want to say going under the radar because it, it's Leeds United and they don't really do under the radar, but that they are quietly going about their business um, as much as they can. Um, they're not blowing teams away in terms of scoreline, which means that I suppose nobody around the, the country is going to look at their results and think, oh, you know, Leeds are. Leeds are going to run away with it. You know, there have been fairly tight games, but they've had so much control in some of those wins that they were, you know, routine against QPR. QPR offered very, very little indeed. They've offered more tonight in the first half against Fulham than they did in the entirety of the game at Ellen Road. Um, I think Leeds can be quite satisfied with where they are right now. They've, they've had key players missing. They've still been ticking along and getting results. They've not been scoring a lot of goals. They've not been taking all the chances. They've still been getting results. So I think if you're a Leeds fan, you can have few complaints right now and it's quite an important period as well on the run up to Christmas there's a double game week this week and then a week off as it were the week week after but then another double game week after that too so do you see this as being quite an important um, uh, couple of weeks for Leeds' title ambitions I think it's it's just been an important part of um, any season you know when there, when there isn't that, that break in December and it is going to be hectic between um now and, and the new year was it 10 games in, in 6 weeks something like that so um, this is where the squad's going to be really important and if he had everyone available that you know I think he's got big selection headaches because there's a lot of options um, but it's just keeping them all fit and um, I know he doesn't really tend to go in for squad rotation and um, he likes to trust his small band of players but I'll be just interested in, in, in how players who have been injured or players who are a little bit older are managed during this period um, I'm not sure we'll see um, the likes of Pablo play every single one of these games for instance mm. Yeah no very much indeed it's that stage of the season isn't it as John said that he's going to have to squad rotate and just very quickly before you go Greg I know you alluded to it but January what are you thinking are you expecting a bit of activity I mean yes there's loads of speculation yes it might be on the goalkeeper front anywhere else at all I don't see a lot happening, um, to be to be honest with you. If you go back and look at um, Victor Orda's last, you know, half a dozen interviews, um, probably even further back than that, I almost think he's been telling everyone without telling them uh, expressly that that Leeds simply aren't interested in doing lots of business in January. He doesn't believe that that January um, signings are particularly successful. I think he quoted only 25% are successful. I'm not sure how he's quantified that, but <laughs> but he doesn't hold a lot of stock in this transfer window. And and it's for obvious reasons that the the amount of players that are available and the quality of the players that are available is not the same as it is in the summer. So um, I would imagine that unless Leeds run into some serious, serious bother with player availability, I can't imagine a lot being done. I think there's always the potential for... Uh, Clark to go back um, because it's not really working out for him. He's not playing any football at Leeds, um, so that so that could be one that, that moves out, which may mean they want to bring uh, a winger in um, so that Bielsa has the amount of wide options that he likes to have. But but like I said, unless something goes seriously awry, I would I wouldn't foresee um, a lot of transfer activity in January. Top stuff, Graham. Thanks for joining us. No problem. 
That was Graham Smythe, Chief Football Writer at the Yorkshire Evening Post. Graham Smith, I should say. Sorry, Graham. Interesting stuff there from Graham, as always, John, especially on the, the Kiko stuff. It's probably best not to speculate, he said. But the news is, of course, that the appeal was supposed to be in at the beginning of November. That's now been extended to the 27th, just a few days away. Yeah, I, I think he's right in saying that they are going to try and drag it out as close to January as they can, just to give them the option of a replacement. Um, but I don't know; it's it's a it's an unsavoury situation, isn't it? Really, um, and it's like like he said, it's hard to see anyone coming out well from this, and 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 everyone is going to be annoyed. Uh, or he, someone's going to be annoyed on one side or the other, regardless of of what the decision is eventually made is made, um, because. You you are essentially just going down on the evidence of lip readers and and video mm. evidence and things like that, and that's the easiest sort of evidence to to question. So expect um, a messy um, situation with that one, I think. Okay, well this is the Leeds United fan show on Lustport. Next up, we've got a bit of opposition view. Of course, Leeds facing Luton at the weekend, and then Reading in midweek. We'll be speaking to fans from both of those clubs. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Opposition View on Love Sport. It's the Leeds United Fan Show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? An absolute thriller, by the way, going on at Craven Cottage at the moment. End to an action between Fulham and QPR. QPR took the lead through Jordan Hugill and Fulham equalised through Abubakar Kamara. But both teams have gone close to taking the lead since. Exciting stuff between Fulham and QPR. We will continue to give updates on that as the night progresses. But should, we, should we just... Just watch the game. Should we, now. Should we, should we do commentary. Do yeah. commentary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd be very good at commentary. I think you'd be you'd be brilliant at it, but I don't think I'd be. Thank you, Joe. It's very nice of you to say. Yeah, I just say trust the process, and that That's would be it. It. that yeah. would be my punditry. <laughs> <laughs> of course, which Leeds are doing at the moment under Marcelo Bielsa, and they travel to Kenilworth Road on Saturday to face Luton. Intriguing contest this one, I think. Luton not particularly doing very well against Leeds. Won one of their last nine league matches against Leeds. And that also included that 5-1 hammering of 2006. So not the happiest team to play against Leeds United for Luton. But we've got George Osborne on the line now. George, how do you see this one going at the weekend? Um, 
Well, thanks very much for having me on. I don't really have a huge amount of confidence that Luton will be walking away with a positive result this weekend. I mean, you're saying that they've not got a particularly good record against Leeds. Well, it's four defeats on the bounce for us at the moment, which is our worst run of form since 2015. So I'm not expecting us to come out of this with anything, but you never know. You do never know. No, it's a very good point to raise. And like you said, yes, not one in the last four. However, if we're talking fours... Leeds haven't won in their last four away matches in the Championship, George. So, you know, a, a, a crumb of comfort for you. Exactly. Some, something to cling on to as well. And I, I think the, the other thing to cling on to as well for a lot of Luton Down fans is the fact that we're simply in the Championship is the most magnificent, wonderful thing that we could possibly imagine. You know, it was, it was 10 years ago, essentially, when we were in the conference when our squads, you know, it was, it was the match day programmes, the pre-season friendlies, where we only had four or five named players and everyone else was named trialist. Um, so to have come from that point to this point within a decade, I think most fans are sort of relatively pleased to have a season that they're considering a bit of a free hit. Hi George, it's John. Um, one of the Hi, things, George. one of the things that I think is really interesting about Luton is the fact that they've carried on playing the way that they were playing last season when they when they came up from League One. Um, how do you feel about that? How do you think that's uh, on in hindsight? Is that is that necessarily a, a, a good thing, or do you think that they might have been benefited by tweaking the system somewhat? It's it's a really good question. Um, I mean, in terms of the system, it's important to remember it wasn't just the system that was used last season, but it was also the same system that was used uh, back in League Two to get the, the, the initial mm. promotion out of there, there as well. Um, and I think that system evolved quite organically as a result, specifically as well as the squad that Nathan Jones built up. And what really worked in that squad, was there was a really interesting blend in the midfield where you had um, Elliot Lee as an attacking focal point, Shinny as a playmaker, you had Pelly Ruddock, who's a really interesting sort of hybrid player, sort of a ball winner, shuttler, um, and a good defensive midfielder. And we had alongside that two excellent fullbacks, uh, especially last season, Jack Stacey and James Justin. And so I think that the kind of the diamond system we played it really did allow us to dominate the play and with the full-backs we managed to get the whip we needed in key areas to mm. go and push on. But because we weren't able to replace Stacey and Justin when they moved up to, not just you know when we got promoted, we thought they might move on to championship clubs but both got picked up by Premier League sides. Um, we simply weren't able to replace them with players of the same quality. And I think now it's becoming increasingly clear that the system that we used to get ourselves to this position perhaps doesn't work as well when we haven't got those Premier League quality fullbacks mm. sitting in a side that is essentially League One or lower championship level. One of the things I've I found really interesting about the the system though is that there is so much flexibility in that system. So I watched the the game against Reading um, before the international break in, in prep for a tactic study that I was doing, and really fascinating to see. Um, um, Martin Craney dropping in between the two centre backs and basically playing as a back three there, um, and it actually reminds me a lot of the sort of stuff that Bielsa does with his system, where you can have your midfielder dropping in, forming a back three if you're playing against a, a, um, a strike partnership. Um, so, um, do you, I, I think p- potentially that this could be an interesting game just on on that front that that it's very hard to actually read uh, what Luton are trying are, are going to do because Leeds will probably change things up for this. They'll probably because you play two strikers will probably probably play a back three, um, and I I have no idea that how uh, Marcelo Bielsa is gonna is gonna counteract that. So do you have any thoughts on that in general? I think it's a, a really interesting point as well. I mean, I think what I would say my, my point of concern with looking at Leeds is. Um, 
we're happy playing the ball out from the back. And I think last season as well, you know, I think we managed to find a really good balance, especially with, with the support those two fullbacks to give ourselves those, those proper outpools. But what's happened this year is, I mean, in goal, we, we've obviously had a problem with our record signing, Sam Sluga, the uh, Croatian goalkeeper. Um, he's been dropped uh, in recent weeks as a result of a number of errors. And I think just in general, we've made quite a few mistakes in open play when we've been playing the ball out of the back. And I look at Leeds and I think about the extent to which a Bielsa side presses hard, mm. you know, and essentially could try and stop things at source. And I think that's, that is a real cause of concern. But then, you know, I think as well, your point about the fluidity is, is a really good one. Um, you know, there were times, especially last season, I think there was this purple patch between about October and into sort of early January, where Luton were playing genuinely impressive football for the level that they were at. You know, I had mm. to sit there and kind of remind myself that this was a league one side. And it was it was due to, especially I think, that interplay within the midfield, shifting around there. And I think uh, the forward line as well. So, you know, in terms of the way Luton set up, so they always had that attacking midfielder at the point of the diamond. But they also had, in terms of two sets forwards, you had James Collins, who's a very hard-working, mm-hmm. very industrious professional sense forward who operates in traditional mould. Um, but he was always partnered with a winger. So Harry Cornick, who's joined top scorer this season, actually came for Bournemouth as a winger, but has been converted into a striker. So it, it, as a result of that, that's led to, you know, especially when we talk about the front line, a little bit of extra stretching the play there. And that's just opened up some extra space for the midfield to move into. So, mm. I mean, Luton are a really interesting side and they're definitely worth a watch. You know, I think it may just be a case that after, you know, back-to-back promotions and a few key players being picked off that we might not quite be able to make the grade at this level fully. I don't think there's a huge amount of shame in that, especially considering we're still playing entertaining football. You know, mm. 22 goals this season so far. Too bad. Shame about the first he was conceded. <laughs> well, it's interesting that, isn't it, George? Because you mentioned Sluga there as well and the fact that he was a record signing for the club, which took a long time, by the way. I think Lars Elstrup was the one before him. That's late 80s, so it's taken a heck of a long time to bring someone in from foreign shores for, for that money. And... James Shea had obviously been very, very good for Luton. Got the joint Golden Gloves with Adam Davies that season and League One last season. Adam Davies, of course, going on to Stoke and it not working out for him there. But Shea has been brought back in and kept a clean sheet in that first game against Bristol City. It's not gone so well since then, so it's going to be really interesting to see what Graham Jones does with regards to the goalkeeping situation at the club. We've got to move on. I actually really want to speak to you about that situation, but we do have to move on. And before you go, George, just a quick score prediction from you. Oh, I'm going to go 2-1 Leeds. Oh, 2-1 to Leeds United. George Osborne, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks very much for having me on. Lovely stuff. Okay, 2-1 he reckons there, John. We're going to move straight on to Matt Lawrence, co-founder of MRKT Insights. KT Insights, I should say. I got confused there, Matt, because is that supposed to be Market Insights? That is market, yes. Yeah, I did say this to John. See, I understand this. I'm down with it. I get that, <laughs> you know, we don't use vowels anymore and we pretty much just say what it is. But market insights, brilliant. Yes. Matt, great to have you on. Of course, it is Leeds United Reading during the week. Game's coming thick and fast now. Bit of an upturn, slightly in fortunes for Reading since Mark Bowen took that job in rather controversial circumstances, I should say. What's the feeling towards him now amongst fans? Well, like you say, it was a rather controversial appointment moving from upstairs to downstairs which is kind of the opposite way of most movements within the club or within club structures but um, I was kind of sceptical to start with it's a manager coming in who's been number two to Mark Hughes throughout his career but he's picked up 10 points from the last 
12 available, unbeaten in the last four, there's very little that Reading fans can can moan about at the moment. He's he's made us look a lot more solid. Um, we're still getting we're getting the ball into good areas. Um, one interesting switch that he has made is moving. It's just the flipping of Swift and Ajaria. So Swift is now sitting deeper and orchestrating from a deeper area. And Ajaria, using his, his kind of ability on the ball, ability to beat players 1v1 in the, in the final third as well. So overall, it's been a really, really promising start from Mark Bowen so far. You've been playing 3-5-2 uh, almost in every game this season uh, with, with about three with uh, players like Matt Miazga and uh, Liam Moore in, in that. How do you feel about the 3-5-2? Do you think it's the best formation that, that Reading can, can um, feel the team in? Yeah, I think um, we've almost been, it's been a recruitment drive in terms of wanting the 3-5-2. We switched to it a little bit towards the end of last season. And then over the summer, we've pretty much removed most of the senior wingers from our squad to the point where uh, Gareth McCleary really is the only one on the books at the moment who you could call a, a senior professional winger. We've got Michael Elise sat on the bench, as well as Josh Barrett, who's had stints when we have played four at the back. But um, we do have quality in the fullback in the wingback areas as well, with um, Andy Eardom on the right. And we've, we've kind of sport for choice at the moment with uh, Omar Richards on the left and Jordan Abita coming back from mm. two years of injury as well. So we are... We are rather blessed in that that department in terms of being able to have players that can go both ways up and down the pitch. Mm. I think the three at the back as well gives us a lot more solidity. One thing that I would say has been easy to, to do to Reading is you can almost, teams will turn up at the Medeski and kind of outrun us and just almost bully us at home. It's a really frustrating thing for, as a fan. But one thing that Bowen's done is... is made us a bit nastier as well and that three at the back and the personnel there have gone some way to doing that with the likes of Miazga very good in the air very mm. dominant mm. and Michael Morrison a bit more old school head it kick it defender yeah. and that's that's not meant as a nothing wrong with that Matt. At all. nothing no, that, wrong with that at all that, I think we get but it's it's what we've been crying out for 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 years we've had we've been sport with ball players like Thiago Lori, but then at times would just get bullied and pinned by his man for 90 minutes and you can't you can't win games of football in the championship if that's happening to you and he's resolved a problem. Talk to us about John Swift. John Swift is one of my favourite players in the championship uh, at the moment. Um, as you mentioned, there's there's been that tweak with him and Nigeria. Um, do you see him as a, as being maybe a, a deeper line uh, centre midfielder? Uh, this is yeah, this is a conversation I've been having with some some friends of mine as well regarding Reading. I was initially, at the start of the season, I was very keen on having him in the 10 because I do like him mm. in the final third, playing those little through balls that he's, that he's able to do. There aren't many more creative and his passing ranges yeah. at this level is just outrageous. Yeah. There was a pass the other day against Luton where he just kind of stood on the ball, swiveled outside of the foot and I was just, mm. it was absolutely ridiculous level of technique as well. But um, the, the big conversation is, Ajaria as well. Are we are we then negating his strengths yeah. in sort of those one v one areas in the final third? Because he does have that ability to get out of spaces that it doesn't quite look possible to get out of. And then you've you've got overloads as a result of that. 
Matt, before you go, mate, just quickly, we're going to get a score prediction from you. But I also want to ask you about George Pushkas as well, someone that we haven't yes. mentioned at great length, because this is someone that we all saw in the summer for the under-21s mm-hmm. with Romania. Very, very impressive. I think some people were surprised that he came into the championship with Reading. It's a player that's, yes, he's still learning his craft, now scoring, of course, for the seniors as well. Just 23 years old, hasn't been prolific this season you know only five goals in all competitions for red actually i think it's four goals in all competitions for reading so he's not been prolific but is this a player you think that can really fulfill his potential and actually go on to be potentially a premier league player he's definitely got the ability there and the potential he's got a real knack for for getting into the into the right areas often you kind of you moan about the moan strikers not having opportunities, but that's something you can't can't knock Puskas for. He's got this incredible knack of of getting into positions. He's got a really high XG. I think he's in the top ten percent of strikers within the championship for XG. But it's a similar sort of problem to you guys experiencing with uh, Patrick Bamford mm. in terms of just missing gilt edge chances and almost he just needs one to bounce in off his knee, for example, <laughs> or his backside to go in. But he's got the ability in the in the six yard box where he he really just he manages to create those sort of separations from central defenders to buy himself a couple of yards. Yeah, I think I'm of the essence of the numbers. The numbers suggest he has become good at some point, much in the same way I'm sure you guys are with with Bamford. <laughs> if you keep getting into those areas, one of them's got to go in eventually. Well, perhaps they'll both score. Next in the middle in the middle of next week, <laughs> Matt. Before you go, a quick score prediction. One all, George Puskas and Patrick Bamford. There we <laughs> go. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Cheers for coming on, Matt. And I, have a good night, guys. That was Matt Lawrence, co-founder of Market Nights, and this is the Leeds United Fan Show. Next up, it's listener questions. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. It's the Leeds United fan show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, here with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? It's time for listener questions now. But before we get there, we always have to chuck in a random quote from a random person who's been talking about Leeds United. <laughs> We've got one this week, as always, this time Ian Holloway. Oh, yeah? So, you know. What did he say? Can you do it in his accent? No, I can't. I don't (laughs) want to offend anybody at all. Uh, He has said, I still think they've got the same issues. So, cheers. This is the best one. (laughs) Eddie Nketiah is really young, but I do like him. And Patrick Bamford is Patrick Bamford. (laughs) (laughs) It is true. You can't fault his logic, though. You can't. You cannot fault Mm. his logic. It was like Paul Potts. Remember Paul Potts? The guy who won... The singing competition. He won Britain's Got Talent years ago, mm. yeah. And he did an interview. I think it was in the build-up to the final. And he said, I finally realised, after all this time, I finally realised who I am. I'm Paul Potts. <laughs> 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 all right, mate. Crikey. <laughs> it took you long enough. Right. OK. We are going to move on now to the listeners' questions. That's enough of Ian Holloway. And these are quite interesting Inflexelsia is Inflexielsa. Sorry, not Inflexelsia. Inflexielsa is the first one. Question about Bielsa teams being too inflexible because the players seem to have such rigid tasks. I thought that this was a problem at the end of last season and start of this when, for example, against Wigan, we just kept on ploughing the same furrow without any joy. That's from LUFC Mill Deal. Yeah, I'd say a couple of things to this. Firstly, I would say 
um, Bielsa is a lot happier to tweak the system now because I think he's happier with the team's uh, ability to to be able to tweak things around. So we've seen already this season um, quite a few different systems that we didn't see last season. Last season we saw basically four one four one with the occasional um, Calvin Phillips dropping into in between the two centre backs to make it a back three. This season we've seen a few we've seen a few different um, formations. We've seen the three three one three a little bit more regularly. The famous three 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 one three that Bielsa developed when he was in Argentina and used uh, with Chile during the uh, the World Cup. Famously, we've also seen a three five two, which we ha- didn't see at all last season. So. Um, I think part of the reason why the, there's been more flexibility this time around is simply because Bielsa is happier with the, the players to be able to make those changes. Um, the other thing I would say is that, and it's something that I've said a lot before, is that when you're playing against teams like Wigan who are sitting deep, I think that the the the, the, the assumption is is that it's, it's easy to break down low blocks, and we've we've constantly reminded the the fans that that isn't the case. I think perhaps Leeds should have gone maybe a little bit more central against Wigan. It was it was a frustrating game. It was play the ball out wide, get it to Jack Harrison, and Jack Harrison fails to do a good cross. And actually, the goal that we got in that game came from, or the best chance we got in that game came from um, um, from Patrick Bamford basically going through the middle, but. Um, I don't think there's there's an issue there. I think actually Bielsa has been as flexible as I've ever seen him in his career um, this season at Leeds. So I think we'll we'll be okay on that in that respect. Okay. Speaking of crosses, that moves us on nicely to the next question. Phillips corner. Now this is great because we talk about stats a lot, and we are delving very <laughs> deep here. Crikey, perhaps clutching on a few straws. I don't know. <laughs> but Phillips corner. We saw this week. Phillips has the best corner accuracy stats. I didn't know they existed. So accuracy <laughs> stats for corners. Yeah, I think this is something Josh must have put out on on the on the account. I hadn't seen it, so. Okay. Um, but I, I suspect that is. I don't know how you would measure that. Um, you probably you're probably measuring it based on whether or not it finds someone's head. Um, so you know that that can that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good corner if someone gets their head on it. Well, it was actually a lot like Matt Jarvis of West Ham United. Remember, he was their record signing. I think they signed him from Wolves, didn't they? And for a couple of seasons on in in a row, he was like regarded as the Premier League's best crosser because he was just whipping balls in for fun. But they weren't always ending up in success, but he had the stats that were best for that. Right. Anyway, we digress. We saw this week Phillips has the best corner accuracy, accuracy stats. Why don't we score more from corners? Is it just a fan perception that we're ineffective from set pieces? That's from Loop. I don't think so. I don't think we've got particularly... Do we have a set of particularly good players in the air, really? There's, there's not many players who I think, if they get the ball... Um, on their head and they're and they're free in the in the penalty area for a for a corner that they're going to score from. I think Lee, Liam Cooper is probably our best header of the ball, and even still, I wouldn't be particularly positive about his heading all the time. It's not like when we had, I think, Carl Bartley and and Pontus Janssen as a pairing in that Monk season. We scored loads of goals from corners because those two were just. We're just lethal from from corners. We don't have players like that really. And if you look at our midfield players, when you have players like Adam Forshaw, um, Pablo Hernandez, um, Mateus Click isn't a particularly good header of the ball. I think that's the reason for it. We just don't have anyone who's a particularly good header of the ball. Okay, moving swiftly on, we're going to go to EFL silliness now because this is an interesting one. That's obviously news come out this week that Bolton have had the fine released, but it's a suspended points deduction. What your thoughts on the EFL recently seem to be holding clubs to account? Are we seeing them heading in the right direction? The Bolton fine released today was a bit unfair, says Barney. 
Yeah, I, with Bolton, and we were chatting about this before we went on air, it just seems as though the AFL feel as though they've been backed into a corner where they have to punish um, clubs for going into into receivership or going into financial difficulties. Because if they don't do that, you're basically allowing clubs to, to, to run themselves into the ground. Um, but an in, as, as far as I'm aware, what happened this week is an independent uh, organisation did did some kind of arbitration for the EFL with regards Bolton, um, and and recommended that no points deduction was given, and the EFL disagreed, and 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 they've decided that there should be some kind of um, reparation made. As we were saying, it seems as though what's happening there is that that Bolton being punished for someone else's mistakes, uh, namely the the previous owners. And I, I think the problem the problem with that is that you're you, you, you risk being too draconian to the point where you actually cause Bolton more problems mm. than they actually deserve. And whether if if those financial fair play rules or whatever they're not called that in the Championship, but um, we know what we're talking about when we say that. If those rules are designed to uh, prevent that kind of thing happening then you also want to make sure that your um, implementation of those rules isn't equally um, problematic for the clubs that you're you're dealing with so I think it, it was bad form from the EFL but um, I think Leeds fans are all too aware uh, all too aware of the hmm. of the inadequacies of the EFL so um, I guess we're we're already um, we're, we're always going to take one side in that in that dig, sort of debate. Little dig from John McKenzie there. <laughs> of course, you're Bolton now in positive equity for the first time this season. Just another twelve points, and they're out of safety, providing MK Dons and AFC Wimbledon don't continue to pick up points. Last question, very quickly, we are going to go to the Preston Challenge. Preston, what's going on there, says Glows White. Should the Glows or Gloss? Glows, I'm going with. Gloss. Gloss. I think it's from, he's from Gloucester. Oh, okay, Gloss I White. I was thinking that he glowed white. Yeah, I, I, have, I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> very quickly. Should they be considered true automatic promotion challenges yet? He's added in some stats. Insane number of penalties so far. Goal scored seems a complete anomaly compared to their underlying stats. Yeah, totally agree. Um, Josh Hobbs, uh, my my co host mm-hmm. uh, at All Stats on We, is he gets quite annoyed by the amount of penalties that that um, Preston get. In fact, he's told me so often now I can't even remember what they are. But they they got something like seven in sixteen games or something. And if you went back in Leeds United's recent history to find out how many games it would take them to have the same number of penalties, it was something like a hundred and one games. So they they concede penalties at a higher rate than most teams um we 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 put something out on our on our stats channel and um one of their fan sites responded and and looked at each of these penalties and made sure that they were all fair so brilliant um they may be more likely to get penalties um they're also scoring goals at a higher percentage than you would expect so in the long run i think it will be unlikely if they if they retain this sort of high level um, all the way through the season. Lovely stuff that was john mckenzie of all stats aren't we will be back with the leeds united fan show next week Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.